Hello and welcome to the Veterans Journey. Very excited. Uh, season two kicking off. As always, we're joined by my co-host, Will Simmons. Will, how are you today? Good, Jamie. How are you doing? Very well, thank you. Maybe what I'll do is I'll throw it over to you. You're going to uh, introduce our guest today, a good friend of yours. Yeah, sure. Thanks, Jamie. So today we got Vincenzo Vince Stricagnoli. Vince uh, recently took his retirement from the Canadian Armed Forces in September 2020 to start a brand new career in the world of cybersecurity. Vince first joined the CAF as a 16-year-old reservist in Montreal and later joined the regular force and became a crew commander with the Princess Patricia Light Infantry, the PPCLI out west. Uh, even though he didn't have a background in tech, Vince is dope headfirst into an exciting and rewarding career. Vince will be graduating uh, from his recent studies in August of 2021 and has recently joined the With You With Me team in Canada as a cybersecurity cloud analyst. Welcome uh, to the podcast, Vince. Hey, man. How's it going? Yeah, pretty good. I only started a little bit in the bio, so we're getting, getting a little bit better at it. So, so that's good. Um, yeah, so uh, tell us, uh, why don't we get started here, Vince? Um, tell us a little bit about your background, uh, where you're from, and why you wanted to join the CAF as a 16-year-old. So um, I grew up in Montreal, and uh, I had a pretty rough childhood. I mean, my parents weren't very present. My dad, uh, being an immigrant, had no education, so he was working construction, right? So he was up at three in the morning to take the bus at four in the morning or five in the morning to make it to work. And uh, he'd come home at around eight, nine o'clock at night. So I didn't really see my dad growing up. Uh, my mom, she was present, but uh, she went on to live with her boyfriend. So it was pretty much me and my two brothers the entire time. And uh, I was struggling at school like really hard. So uh, at 16 years old, I decided to, uh, Take a stab at the Canadian infantry. I was like, man, it seems like a good career. And my dad was, uh, my dad was actually a sniper in the Italian army, which is really cool. And uh, he got to wear these little short shorts too, which was pretty awesome. That is very cool. We should have brought him on for the podcast. We're still <laughs> talking. It'd be nice to hear from. Him. No, that's great. And uh, wh where, which regiment did you join in Montreal? I joined the RMR, so the Royal Montreal Regiment. How come you chose PPCLI for Montreal, not uh, the Van Dues or even the RCR that's closer to home? So um, I chose PPCLI because I, I really liked their mentality and uh, they were they were really low in numbers. And like, I just wanted to get away from, from the Quebec area, the Ontario area. I wanted to go far. I wanted to like explore the rest of Canada. I wanted to see how the rest of Canada was. And uh, I found it was a good opportunity to just go to PPCLI. Those guys were awesome. They took me in right away. Uh, my transition was like super quick. Within one month, I was already moved and everything. Hey, hey Vince, maybe before you get going, can you, for those that don't have a, uh, a CAF background, what is the PPCLI? So PPCLI, there are three battalions. One of them is located in Shiloh. And, uh, one, and both of them, and uh, the first and the third are located in Edmonton. So the Princess Patricia's Canadian Light Infantry, they're, I like to call them a bunch of cowboys. And like, they're really different from the other, from the other regiments. Like I'll say it all right off the bat, like in the, in the Van Dues, cause I did work with the Van Dues when I was in the reserves, the Van Dues, their mentality is uh, pretty straightforward. Uh, they're really proud people. And uh, when you go to PPCLI, those guys are just a bunch of cowboys, really awesome group of guys. Uh, they, they take you in right away, but I will say that they make you do a few tests first. You know, you get into the battalion, nobody talks to you a lot, you know, especially being from Quebec. 
Uh, I always got the question like, hey, why didn't you go Van Dues? You know, you're a Frenchie, you're a Tibetan, you know, you should go to Van Dues. And uh, after your first exercise, that's when you get initiated into the regiment. And that's when you get your coin. And uh, that's pretty much when everyone opens up to you and uh, everyone starts being like a really good friend. And uh, yeah, it's, it's a very good experience. So let me ask you this, uh, and, and we'll get back into your experiences here a little bit. You, you touched a little bit on maybe a little bit of a rough childhood. Um, if you hadn't joined the Canadian Armed Forces, do you think you'd be where you are today, number one? And, and what did the Canadian Armed Forces help you with in terms of setting you up on a particular path or, or teach you that allowed you to be where you are today? So my goal growing up was to become an archaeologist. Always wanted to become an archaeologist, uh, not because I watched a lot of Indiana Jones, but because uh, I found archaeology was a very interesting field. Um, and honestly, it's just discovering things, you know, that, that's something that I always wanted to do. And that's why it relates a little bit to my cyber career. But uh, I joined the military and uh, I was kind of looking for confidence, confidence and to be in, in a leadership role because I... I find my way of looking at things is a lot different than anybody else. Like I will never criticize your plan. I won't say your plan is shit. Instead, I'll approach it in a different way and be like, hey, your plan is good, but is it possible to implement these changes into your plan? And that's one thing that the PPCLI really stressed on. It's never criticize someone's plan without coming up with your strategy, with your plan. We might not always take your plan, but it's always good to get your input on it. And um, so, yeah, when, uh, when I was growing up, uh, I was bullied a lot uh, and because uh, I, I was bullied a lot because one, my family was never really around, right? My mom, and my dad. So people always like, uh, they always picked on me on that. And uh, also because I was a big nerd. I grew up in an Italian family, so I wasn't allowed to leave home. So when school finished, uh, when I was in elementary, when school finished, my grandmother would be there and she'd pick me up, she'd bring me home and that would be it. Uh, when I went into high school, it was you finish school, you come home right away. You don't leave home. So I was like, okay, cool, man. So I focused everything on pretty much computers. And uh, obviously I grew up, we, we didn't have enough money to buy uh, a lot of stuff that uh, a lot of kids had. Like I didn't have the new clothes of the year. Um, I didn't have the new shoes. I didn't have uh, the new watch and new technology. I didn't even have cable TV at home, man. And uh, I didn't even have internet. So uh I bought my first purchase that I made was a Dell Latitude computer. I purchased it for $90 and I saved up for so many years to get that computer. And uh, the computer kept burning out after like an hour or two. Like that's how cheap this computer was. Because yeah, I remember computer. those old Dells. What year was this around? Uh, those Dells, they've, they've like, improved over time. Dells are actually pretty reliable now, but I know what you mean. Those first few generation uh, desktop Dells were just terrible. It was a Dell Latitude, man. Yeah, I remember those. Dell Latitude, really small computer, really slick. The battery lasted about 15 minutes. <laughs> Which was pretty high speed back then. Yeah. Oh, yeah, man. <laughs> How the heck does a self-proclaimed computer nerd turn into an infantry guy? I was just looking for a family, man. Yeah? Okay, looking... did you find it? Yeah, I found it at uh, the Royal Montreal Regiment. Those guys treated me like a family. When uh, when I couldn't go home some nights uh, due to, like, let's say, uh, one, the bus was too late or I just didn't want to go home because, like, you know, there's nothing to do at home and nobody was home. 
because as soon as my brothers got girlfriends, right, they like moved off and it was pretty much just me home alone. So like the RMR would just give me like a place to stay, you know, and uh, everyone had different fields of experience because when you're in the reserves, most of the time you're in school. Right. So I was a high school dropout, so I couldn't really relate to a lot of people who were in school. Uh, but I, I found it somewhat of a family, like when I needed help, someone was always there for me. Really sounds like your story is kind of the the old school military sto- story, right? Like the, the ones you hear about. And there's there's probably a, a number of movies based on this kind of a storyline, but it seems to have found help you find where you are. So maybe tell us a little bit about your uh, Canadian Armed Forces experience, maybe um, where where you saw your travels take you and, and maybe some of the uh, the things that uh, you're most proud of. So uh, when I joined the PPCLI, um... Well, actually, when I joined the RMR, I joined at 16, uh, and um, the a lot of people took interest in me because uh, I was very, like, I was just lacking confidence, but I did have a lot of good ambition. I did, I did have a lot of good ideas, but never enough, um, let's say, confidence to actually implement these ideas. So, like, I wanted to start a fitness group. I wanted to do all kinds of cool stuff, and when I went to the PPCLI, uh, they kind of took my ideas and they said, you know what, that's actually really good what you're talking about. And how about you start your own fitness group? So uh, that's one thing that I'm really proud of is I had a bunch of guys who we had to do this fitness test. And the fitness test was implemented by the new CEO who really wanted the companies to be fit. And it makes sense, right? Because we're infantry, even though we were on like our down phase. So we weren't getting deployed. We weren't next to be deployed. We were kind of in a relaxed phase. So a lot of people let themselves go. And in Alberta, you know, the mentality is tobacco and beer, right? So what I did is uh, I talked to the CEO and he was cool with it. Um, I made a little fitness group that every day after work, you would like stay in for about uh, an hour or two. And I designed custom plans for everyone to get them on a strength program and uh, kind of like a CrossFit, cross training style program with a little bit of strength, endurance, job specifics. Uh, if you guys want to take a look at it, it's called the Horseman Training. Yeah, sure. This is Horseman. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, go we're gonna say the same thing. Go ahead. Will. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Where Where can we find events? It's all online. You can find it online, anyways. Like anywhere online. It's a PDF. I think I have it on my computer still, and uh, I can ship it over to you if you want. It's uh, it's a really good program. It's really hard though. Really, really, really hard. Hmm. Yeah, no, I'll check it out. It sounds like you uh, had me. You had me at it was a PDF, and then the really, really, really hard. And I feel like I can relate to some of those guys that let themselves go a little bit. But uh, horsemen, like uh, <laughs> it, I, that, that sounds great. It's uh, especially during these COVID times. I think uh, if there's some things that people can do at home, that'd be kind of cool. It really sounds like the PPCLI gave you the confidence to allow you to execute on your ideas. So. In the reserves, the mentality is go to school and do the reserves on the weekend or on Tuesday nights. In the rec force, a lot of people are high school dropouts. A lot of people don't have an education. So there's where I made, uh, let's say, where I actually like made my, my family there. That's where I actually put my steps. And that's where everyone actually related to me and my situation. And uh, that's where I can actually be myself. I, I didn't have to pretend like I knew a bunch of stuff from school. I didn't have to pretend like I knew algebra to fit into a conversation. It was just simply like everyone was in the same boat. Like we all lived really shitty pasts and together we made a family. 
Yeah, Vince, you mentioned uh, something that our program is really built on explicitly to assist those that might not have had an education prior to the CAF and just weren't able to translate their CAF skills into the labor market and just create a uh, vocational institution that's just very easy to access and can upskill them in in-demand roles and jobs. And, and we do notice that more within the NCMs, NCOs and the officer side, because officers, there is usually the requirement to get educated before you become an officer. And it might be a little bit easier to get that transition post-service. So you touched on that quite well. And what was it like starting school again after leaving the reg force and not having completed your high school degree? So um, what, so basically, do you mind if I go a little bit before that? Yeah, please. However, however you want to answer. Go ahead, man. So it, at, at Battalion, um, I got posted there and uh, immediately when I got posted there, my dad got sick. So my dad has a disease called Crohn's. And uh, his medication is really expensive every month. And uh, unfortunately, healthcare doesn't like the regional healthcare that we have in Quebec doesn't actually support him. I think they give him a check of seven dollars a month, uh, seven dollars a year, and his medication costs upwards of a hundred dollars a month. Mm. And uh, my it's brothers were struggling too. While I left, my brothers were 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 in a really tough situation too. I mean, the jobs were it's it, it's really hard to get a job in Quebec. Mm. So my brothers weren't able to get a job and support my dad at the same time because they were trying to move on to having their life too. Mm -hmm. So um, when I got transferred over to Montreal, because uh, my, uh, my CSM was really, 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 really pushing to get me back here to help my dad out because someone with a stable salary needed to help my dad. And I had no kids. I had no family at the time. So um, I was just making a pain. It was going in my bank account. So I thought like, hey, I'm making a pay. I can help my dad out. Um, I can give him a life that he tried to give me when I was younger. So when I transferred over here, um, I transferred into an operation cell at a reserve unit here in Montreal called the Black Watch. And um, what happened one day, uh, it was towards my last year uh, in, my, uh, in, my, in my terms of service, uh, I ended up passing out at work on the floor. And uh, I was rushed to the hospital and uh, I, I was told that I have a rare heart disease called uh, Wolf-Parkinson-White. And Wolf-Parkinson-White is a rare heart disease to have, but it's even, rare, it's even rarer for it to um, actually cause anything. So people have it and it doesn't do anything to them, but mine actually brought on a whole bunch of, uh, of let's say, bad situations. So I pass out. Um, I can't. I can't work out as hard as I used to work out. Um, it's stopping me from living my life to the fullest. So, and, so it's usually benign, but in your case, you just had um, uh, heavy, heavy symptoms that came associated with it. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent, man. Like at one point I couldn't even walk anymore. Like really, and, and this, this happened all at once. It wasn't gradual. It was just one day. It, it happened all at once. Wow. Like, so, it, it like the way that I was explained, it's, it activates when there's a lot of stress in, in mm -hmm. your life. And at that point, my career manager, like I had a kid on the way mm. and uh, my career manager was refusing to keep me in the area, even though, cause it was the career manager switch over. Right. So the, my past career manager was like, Hey, we'll put you in St. Jean so you should use so you can stay next to your family. And 
when the new career manager came in, he didn't want to keep me in Quebec. He wanted to send me back to battalion. He's like, I see a sergeant in you, man. Like you have great potential. I, 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 I really want to see career progression. But at that point, I was like, I have a kid on the way, man. Like I can't be moving my family around. My dad is still sick. Like he needs money. Like uh, I, 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 I can't be going back to battalion. So I was looking at maybe transferring over to, to like the Vandus or the RCR. But at the time they were full, so they couldn't take me. So I had to make a decision. It was to VR and go back to school or VR and do like most of people, like most of the people do in my situation with no education is join the construction, like join construction, you know, just waste your life away in construction. Not, I'm not saying construction is a bad job. I'm just saying like, I have so much potential and here I am, I'm going to go pick up a shovel and start, start digging holes for the city, you know? Yeah. Um, so I got, as soon as I passed out, I got heart surgery. Um, heart surgery didn't actually do anything, didn't solve any of the issues because my, my uh, so my heart has two exit holes and they're connected together. So operating would have caused me to get a pacemaker. So they were like, you're too young to have a pacemaker. So let's just keep it going like that. We'll try to, we'll try to manage you with pills. So uh, I, I, I obviously was looking for a job that had the same salary or even get a job was even harder because nobody wants to hire veterans. And so uh, you don't need any prior education. You just need to pass our entrance exam, which was actually really easy. I passed the entrance exam and got into cybersecurity analyst program. And, uh, and what was, did you know about cybersecurity before you started? So I knew a lot about computers. I just didn't know about networking. I didn't know about Active Directory. I, I didn't know about anything like that. What I knew was more was more hardware. So, and, so, uh, sorry, Vince. You know, I, I'm really taken back by, by your story here. There's obviously so many layers, and I really appreciate you sharing everything from a personal level. You know, we, we have the podcast called The Veteran's Journey specifically for this. Everybody's got their own story. Everybody's got their own journey and, and our kind of we, we talk about enjoying the journey it sounds like there was hills and valleys to yours as, as there is in everybody's um but I hope you know from the sound of it and I know we'll get there it, it sounds like you persevered and and really got there one of the comments that you made though just a moment ago that I really want to kind of circle back on is you said you made a comment that nobody hires veterans why do you think that is and why is that is that is that the right mentality is that is that legitimate or is there something there that you think um, public and private sector outside of the Canadian Armed Forces is missing the boat on? Um, so I think my situation is a little special due to the fact that I was exiting during COVID. And during COVID, I find uh, a lot of things got shut down. So the Canadian Army has something called a scan. And the scan is given by Veterans Affairs where they help you transition your life into better careers. And uh, here, do these programs, you know, they'll help you. But at the end of the day, nobody wants to hire an infantry guy because we have no real life experience. I'm, I'm great to manage stress. I can do a whole bunch of things under stress. I can get a lot of jobs done uh, in a very little amount of time. I can, I can stay up for four days straight just working. Like I can do a bunch of stuff like that, but that's not what the job market is looking for. The job market wants the other trades in the, in the army, right? They want the engineers, they want the, the signals officers, they want the signal guys, they don't want the infantry. Yeah. Why? 
Sorry, sorry go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I like. I oh just, yeah. Yeah, why, yeah. Why? Why would they not want folks like? And I and I'm and I'm just playing kind of the protagonist here a little bit, but anytime an organization has a job posting, for example, the very first page of that is all the soft skills, and then the second page for that is the call it on the job experience. Do we glom over the personal skills too much or not put as much emphasis on the potential of an individual based on their life experiences? Or are we missing something from an infantry officer that there really are experiences there that can translate? Well, if you're an infantry officer, you have education. So if you have education, you can get a decent job. Me, no education, um, infantry all my life. I couldn't get a job. And I think that the job market, the way it works now today, it's, I don't, I don't find people as, as soon as they see that you're lacking education, they just cut you off right there. And that's the end of the story. No one's willing to give you a call and actually talk to you and be like, all right, so uh, where do you see that you can fit into the company? I find if some, somebody would actually taking the time to talk to me, I would have gotten a job, but Dude, just to tell you how bad it is, I was applying for like basically free internships. Even now, before with you with me, I was applying for free internships because I had a hard time during COVID with my family, like mm -hmm. really hard time. And I couldn't get a job that was paying $14, $15 an hour, which is like minimum salary here in Quebec. I couldn't get a job anywhere. So is there something that the Canadian Armed Forces members within the infantry can do to help their transition moving forward that you would recommend? From my personal experience, uh, I would say instead of buying that case of beer that costs like maybe what, $25, $30, take that money and spend it on a course that's on Udemy. Mm. Apply, uh, like, apply your brain to somewhere else. A lot of the guys in infantry, the way they think is uh, I make a big salary every month. I'm just going to abuse it and waste it. Or some people put it aside, but no one actually thinks about that one in a million chance that, hey, tomorrow you might have a heart attack and the army won't want to keep you anymore. What are you going to do then? The, the Veterans Journey Season 2 is brought to you by Cyber Workforce Enablement Program. It's EY's exclusive contract with the Government of Canada in partnership with With You With Me to upskill and place Canadian Armed Forces veterans in skilled IT positions within public sector. Sorry, Vince, didn't mean to cut you off. You're going to say something there. Yeah, I, I was just going to say that in the infantry, right, you like there's no fixed schedule, right? When you're on an exercise, you're not working from nine to five. When you're on an exercise, you're working 24 seven. I remember getting attacked at two in the morning, like especially as a crew commander, right? You have to manage your driver. You have to manage your gunner. You have to manage your vehicle to make sure that your vehicle's working constantly. You have to manage your camouflage around your vehicle. You have to make sure that your guys are eating because if your guys don't eat, they're not going to do their job to the fullest. I remember one time not having enough food to feed my my guys and having to split up my IMP to help them out because at the end of the day, I can work on barely nothing. You give me a piece of bread, I'm good for three days. But other people <laughs> can't operate like that, right? So, uh, like, you know, there were some days where we didn't have enough water. Some days we didn't have enough food. Uh, some days people were just crying because they were missing their families. And uh, so as a crew commander, you're basically the psychiatrist, you're the, you're like the daddy of the crew, man. You have to make sure your guys are good to go. And uh, like, just like what Will said, right? When you're on your weekend, it's your weekend. So a lot of people don't, don't really invest time in, in themselves. It's more, it's the weekend. I want to spend time with my family. 
and it's and it's completely un understandable. I mean, even now when I'm working right now, it's um, I. I wake up at five in the morning. My wife and my son are out the door at 7 a.m. Yeah. Hey, Vince, you know, I, I'm kind of hearing a trend here, which is, you know, the infantry does a really, really great job of preparing you for, right? Whether that's your equipment, whether that's your mind, body, soul, for what the Canadian Armed Forces does, right? And I think what I'm hearing you say is soldiers tend to invest themselves and invest in themselves for their career within the military. But you have to have that long-term lens too, right? And it's not about... Uh, when you get off on Friday evening, spending 24-7 until you come back Monday morning in, you know, upskilling and investing yourself. But if it's a little bit at a time, you look at it as more of a marathon, it sounds to me like that would really help in the transition, whether it's through education, finding interests outside of, kind of networking, whatever it is that you, you need to be doing and understanding what your long-term plan is and starting to progressively move in that direction as opposed to that sprint when you're either a need to leave the Canadian armed forces or choose to leave the Canadian armed forces so that you're not scrambling. Does that sound about right? Or am I missing it here? Yeah, man, you're hundred percent right. Like, so this is not only for the army, but I'm, I'm saying this is for everyone in life in general. It's when you have a job, you focus your time on your job, right? So in the infantry, what was it? It was, you have to be fit. You have to be mentally stable and you have to either be able to make a decision in a very short amount of time because no decision is bad, but making a decision is better than making no decision. Right. So, you know, instead of panicking in, in like a, instead of panicking and not making a choice, you have to make a quick decision and you have to live with your decision. And uh, I found that was a great mentality, but you know, it's, it's just hard, man. Like, like if I can implement something in the army right now, it would be when your troops have nothing to do, put them into something that can actually be useful in life. So, hey, we have three hours today to kill. Let me teach you guys how to do something, whether it's tech or not, you know, uh, like if we relate it to tech, let's be like, okay, guys, this is how a network works. And a lot of people won't be interested in it. Of course, a hundred percent of people won't be interested, but I mean, if you get, if you get these going every day, it's going to stay in their mind. And then they'll have somewhat of a little knowledge when they leave the infantry. Hey, Vince, I, I often tell folks when they're brand new to tech that the combat arms, specifically the infantry, make excellent cybersecurity analysts. That there's a lot of direct carryover from what they've learned from the infantry school and on operations that they can apply to cybersecurity. Can you elaborate on that? from your perspective a little bit uh, coming from the infantry yourself and getting into the world of cybersecurity can you talk about some of the tangible uh, skills that are hey vince really appreciate you coming on uh i think we've only got a couple minutes left is there anything else you wanted to kind of get off your chest we're we're a pretty casual group here just want to give you the platform to uh to say what you want to say uh and uh and then we'll uh, go ahead and wrap up honestly the one thing i would say is I know with you, with me, sounds too good to be true. Um, honestly, no one is willing to take uh, a veteran or a current serving member and give them time and give them a free platform to learn um, skills that you can use in life. But with you, with me is so far the only company that I see that is able to take someone, give them the time to learn and always be there, be that helping hand, something that uh, you had in the military and that when you left, you don't have any more. 
and uh with you with me is just it's honestly really great like they really help you out and just don't be shy go onto the platform i know the platform it's too good to be true but apply do your do do some of the courses it doesn't matter if you want a job or not just do some of the courses work on yourself take some time to work on yourself and the job will be there tomorrow but work on yourself a little bit see what you're good at you know like take the testing you'll see that you're good at a lot of other things than just digging a trench that's a great that's a great uh great comments vince uh i can echo that as the uh as one of the uh folks that brought the partnership the exclusive partnership with with you with me to ernst and young we're incredibly thrilled to be partnered with with you with me in order to facilitate and uh, the c-web vehicle uh but moreover to help help veterans help people help canadians and i think uh you know ey's uh uh mantra is build a better working world and this program certainly does that so so thank you very much for your time greatly appreciate it well as always thank you my friend and remember uh we'll be back each and every week on the veterans journey and make sure you enjoy the journey thanks very much folks opportunity to perhaps find yourself uh provide for your family uh as well as quite frankly let's be very crystal clear help government of canada with their programs as well as canadian citizens so you know this whole program is something to be really incredibly proud of i know that uh, will and i are both thrilled to be part of it and the fact that uh, the government of canada has glommed onto it so he uh, heavily and made sure that um, it's helping to drive um, services for Canadians forward. It's just it's just win 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 all the way around. So really really pleased to have you part of the uh, the CWEP program. For those that aren't aware, the CWEP program is the uh, EY's exclusive contract, Government of Canada partnership with with you with me, upskilling and placing Canadian Armed Forces veterans in skilled IT positions within public sector and government of Canada. If you'd like more information on that, you can reach out to Will Simmons or I on LinkedIn. We're happy to have that conversation with you or uh, simply Google CWEP. It's all over the place, lots of articles all over uh, media, and it's an incredibly powerful tool for uh, Government of Canada to start driving some of the programs forward in a meaningful way with, uh, with upskilled veterans. 